three, four. The Common Counterpart. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Common Counterpart, episode 18. 18. 18, man. I know. We're legal, baby. (laughs) We are legal and we are rolling. Sometimes I don't even know how to respond to you, but 18. Happy. Happy 18. Happy 18, yeah. Happy 18. You've got me blushing. Dang. I don't know why that made you so nervous. What's up, dude? Happy summer. Happy summer. This is our first official summer episode of the pod. So if you hear a little bit more, I don't know, joy. Exhilaration. Happiness. Bliss. Right. Yeah. That's why. Because we're on break. Yeah. Every day has felt like a Saturday. It's so good. I'm I'm loving it. Have you been been productive or are you just being lazy? uh, No. I have spent the first week really trying to be lazy. And I mean, hence why. I have lost track of days because we are going to be a day behind mm-hmm. releasing our episode because... And you've, you've got some some friends of yours who were probably expecting this pod on uh, on a Thursday morning drive, right? Yeah. They, okay. didn't, they didn't check in to make sure I was okay, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, they know. They're making notes in their head. But you know, we'll release them when we release them. Oh, I don't... It's kind of groovy. I don't think we're there yet. Okay. All right. Sorry, guys. We'll be back to our normal schedule <laughs> release of we, Thursday morning next week. We, we hear you. I sincerely apologize. Mm-hmm. Please don't hold it against me. But yeah, it's summer. Things I are know. great. Things are great. And it's nice, nice weather here in the Central Valley. It is. Yeah. Now, elephant in the room, because if, you, if Josh just randomly breaks out into tears. I'm, I'm over it, by the way. Are you? And completely dehydrated. I'm all cried out over you, Mark Tackett. So I am leaving my current job site and going to a new job site, staying in education, um, but changing subjects a little bit. So, and locations, and locations um, across town. Yeah, but I'm, I'm across town for me. I'm number one in your heart, so yes, but closer to your home, closer to me, further from my home. Yeah, but never away from my heart. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now I, I was I was literally thinking about this the other day. Um, I won't be teaching AP Human, at mm-hmm. least for the moment, but I really love that we're going to keep doing this because it will kind of keep me tied in well, to what, what's it's happening. what you say. Well, I'm teaching AP Euro history, I'm... so I really don't want to start making this like a European history podcast because I don't think anybody would listen to that. I could, t- listen, I'm a chameleon. I can, I, can, I can shift into whatever you need me to be. So your knowledge of um, French vineyards in the 17th century that's where you that's your niche listen i can be anybody you want you tell me who you want me to be and i will be that we guy. are going to continue to be the same people yeah. so i was just trying to say that I appreciate we that. still get to hang out because we, we got to do these podcasts now, now, we just have to work a little harder because you're harder, not down the hall but we'll do it yeah and we never run out of, out of cool things to talk about that's true and it, now i feel like actually our podcast may get a little bit longer because we don't interact with each other on a daily basis there's so, it's just so, it's just gonna be like ah, and then this and then this and then this so you may get like a you know the occasional joe rogan three and a half hour podcast where mm-hmm. 30 minutes of it's super money and then the other hour and a half we're talking about space uh, hey listen as long as the commoners like what they're getting we won't do that to you that's no. a lot I, I can do it yeah i know I'm, i got a lot to say i i hear you in fact in all of the things that we've talked about um, because we've been all over the place with uh, chocolate and Africa, and we have never talked about that one thing that seems to unite all living things. I mean, we 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 left the we left the land mm-hmm. and we went pirates, yeah, right. But but now we're gonna go 
Basic, basic. Basic, basic. In fact, um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of Alchemy. I'm a huge fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm a huge fan of Elements. And we talked a little, about, a little bit about Earth. I don't think air is all that exciting. It's hard. It's tough. Hard. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to have to figure out a way to talk about fire. But today, we're going to talk about water. A great chemical compound. Exactly. Do, do you know? I've heard something about it. Okay. So <laughs> it's made up of hydrogen. I wish you guys could see it. It's so cute when he tries and, this hard. And oxygen. Yes. And what it does, I believe it's a covalent bond. It is. And and when it covails, oh my God. it creates water. No. This hurts. This really hurts. Please stop. Okay. I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> I promise not to pretend like I understand fashion or sports. In... I don't like that I get the most surface level topics. Oh, not at all. And you get chemistry, the way the world works, wisdom. Yeah, well, it's really not fair. Uh, it's all about life choices, Mark. And uh, you chose social science and to have a, a, a cool fashion sense. Yeah, I guess that's my cross to bear. Yeah. But we're talking about water. Water. That high quality H2O. I know that reference. I was literally going to ask you if you <laughs> remember that. I'm yes. so glad that you do. Because I hit you with a quirky Romano reference and you didn't I, get it. No. I don't to be know. fair, it's a terrible movie. And who's in it? Oh, I can't remember what his name is right now. Okay. So uh, it was that good of a movie. Yeah. Okay. But Adam Sandler is is good for at least 20, 30 uh, pop culture one-liners, don't you think? So good. Yeah. Chris Kattan mm -hmm. is the guy that's in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, it wasn't his best work. Was he Goat Boy? No, I was another, another white guy. A lot of white guys on Saturday Night Live. Which, by the way, that, that season... That season finale? That was phenomenal. So good. We so, might try so to incorporate good. something like that. We do need to do the weekend update. Mm -hmm. Blind joke reading. Hilarious. So fun. All right, water. So here's what... Well, how did we get there? How did, how did we get to water? How did we get to water? Uh, off well, of last week's episode. Well, I am uh, I'm a, a reader of all things. I love it when history and science and culture meet. And we are fortunate in the Central Valley to have a phenomenal writer uh, by the name of Mark Erex, or Erex. Uh, went to Boulder High School. He's written a couple phenomenal books. I believe he used to write for the LA Times. But uh, a couple of years ago, he wrote a book called Dreamt Land. Um, and it, the book is all about the choices that have been made in California completely based upon water. And it sounds boring, right? It does. It sounds very boring. But you've probably driven through California and you've seen a big coffee shop in the middle of a dried out looking part of, of the country. And you're wondering, why would anybody ever build a giant coffee shop there? Or you might have seen what appear to be rows and rows of dead grape vines and you're wondering, who would have planted those? And our state used to have a, a relatively predictable water flow. And the, the farmers and the politicians and the investors have drastically changed how water um, is divvied up in, in, our, in the state now. And I just got, I got to thinking to myself, out of all the topics we've, we've talked about, Water has to be one of those things that absolutely connects everybody. It's, it's probably one of the most politicized topics in California, but then also one of those that really solves the mystery, I think, of, like, why. 
Like, if you look at California, like, mm. you have to just think why. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, so y you've said before, and I'm going to give you credit because I think it's important oh, that you get— Love me some credit. But you had you made a comment about, uh, uh, about geography and, it, you know, it, that a lot of the problems are that, you know, the people are where the resources aren't or the resources are where the people aren't. Um, and in California, that is the problem that we have created for ourselves. I mean, the, the, the geography of Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, should only accommodate about 400,000, maybe half a million people. I mean, is, is Southern California the, the biggest anomaly in the United States? Absolutely. So, uh, But most so, people don't think about that. No, and what's unfortunate is when you break up the state, Fresno is a Southern California city we're talking technically if you yeah land area. If you draw a line so the there's i don't know if you know this but if you drive down up 99 uh towards merced um and you keep an eye on the vegetation on the on the freeway you'll come across a spot where there's a palm tree planted right next to a redwood interesting i don't think i've ever seen that and that is the very middle of California. That is so nerdy and, and so cool. And the palm tree represents Southern California and the redwood represents um, Northern California. And I remember as a kid going to see grandma and grandpa and Merced and making, that was an odd place for these two random things to be planted. And yet they were planted in, intentionally. So the reason I bring this up is that two thirds of the water that hits California lands in the prominent Northern part like the top one-third, okay? So two-thirds of all the water that hits California actually lands in the top one-third of California. And this would be natural, right? Natural, natural water. Yeah. Rain, snow melt, that sort of thing. But Calif I'm sorry, Los Angeles, Southern California uses over two-thirds of the water. And that's not just living. That's not just residential or commercial. A lot of it is ag. Well, especially if we're going to count Fresno, right? Mm -hmm. Is that really that dividing line mm -hmm. because i think that it, it's a bit of a misnomer if you just said southern california uses two-thirds of the water thinking that well los angeles san diego you know orange county are responsible for most of it mm -hmm. there, there are i mean there's a lot yeah. of water coming there's a lot of people living there mm -hmm. but the valley if we're going to count the you know the central valley mm -hmm. at least par portions of it as southern california it makes a little bit more sense right because we, we we are using it for agriculture now a dirty little secret that the people in Kern County don't want no one to know. Oh, shout out to Kern. <laughs> My people. That's right. Um, the western portion of Kern County, and you, you, you've been out there. Mm -hmm. on, on the, is that on the other side of five? Yeah. Okay. There's nothing out there. No. Unless you drill deep, deep wells and then pull water out of the aquifers. And now western Kern is one of the largest water, um, not only do they pump the water up, but they're also exporting water. So water is a valuable commodity. Yes. It, even in a state that has an extremely long shoreline. Right. Which you can't drink. Correct. Yeah. It's just funny that you would, like, if, if, if I'm typically thinking of, of states that are really struggling or areas that are struggling with water, my mind automatically goes to landlocked areas sure right areas where you don't have access you you don't have a lot of water flowing through and one of the things that's interesting to me especially is that california is so large 
mm-hmm. we do have a lot of areas for water. I mean, we have large rivers that flow through mm-hmm. some of the, you know, you look at some of the borders that were, as the nation was being created, a lot of times those borders were specifically because they areas needed water. I didn't know that. So like uh, one of the most famous examples on the West Coast is Las Vegas. Okay. So Las Vegas, um, obviously an area where there's not a ton of water. Mm-hmm. And they needed to make sure that they had access to the Colorado River. Okay. And so they adjusted the border. Las Vegas should be in Arizona. No. Yeah. And they pushed the border so that they could get it as a part um, of the Colorado. And the Colorado, I mean, as you know, services, I think, like seven states. Yeah. It's it's the honey hole. Like, that is the one. I don't like that word. Okay. Well, I'll change it to a different <laughs> one. That is the most one of the most important resources that we have here on the West Coast. Absolutely. And it is changing. Yeah. And again, that water is coming from Idaho. Which is so crazy to think about. Yeah. So you've got water that will enter the Gulf of Mexico that started... Some of it in Canada, right? And to, and what's funny to me, and I this is where I get a little bit territorial, is that, you know we're servicing our states, but we're also servicing Mexico. Mm-hmm. Mexico is getting some of that water, and just by myself, I'm like, whoa, bro, get your own water. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hat, my tinfoil sombrero on because uh, not only are we servicing the country to the south, but if you really follow the path that water takes, we're also servicing. Uh, India and China with our water. How so? Because we're growing things in California that shouldn't be grown. Oh, sure. I see what you're saying. So Um, not directly. We're not directly shipping them barrels of water. No. But we are using our resources. We are using our water to grow crops that the Chinese, the Japanese... Right. uh, Well, we're using their steel. Yeah, but we're... How do you do this? I, I want to make sure that we're clear. We're, right. we're, it's it's right. it's tit for tat. We're just trading. Not really. Maybe we should do an episode on import export. Oh, that would be fun. Because I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a fair exchange of I mean, us selling our stuff. We're talking dollars to donuts, or are we talking ec- I think, ecological footprint? I think think all of it. Mm. We're talking yen to dollar. You know, is that racist? I don't know why I use donut. Now that I'm thinking about, I it. say it. Do you? You, you're, you picked up on something I said. Uh, oh my gosh, it's cute. That's annoying. But like I do father love, like son. But I do love donuts. <laughs> no, it, it is one of those things as you start digging. Now, I, I also think it's, it's the resource that is the most um, underappreciated. Sure, because it's, it's always there. It's always there, and but, there's so much of it. But do you know why it's always there? Because we can only go places where it's there. And wherever water is, somebody can make money. I mean, second to air, yeah, it's probably the thing that you think about the least that you need the most. Oh, it's deep, deep. Ooh. Man, a week off from real teaching, and I'm, you're getting I'm, wise. I'm telling you, the brain is clear <laughs> for the first time. No, it it's one of those. You know, you think about California, and if you just look at it geographically, Southern California makes a ton of sense why people want to be there. Right? It is the coming together of you know latitudinally. I don't know if that's actually a word. I think it's, uh, yeah, I'll give you a pass. I think latitudinal, latitudinally? Hmm. Well, the, the tutelage of latitudinally. The, the commoners should know the answer to this. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. I've never used that before in class, but it just made sense right now. Uh, where it is actually located, right, is perfect. Uh, and you are correct. Latitudinally. Latitudinally. 
to be transparent, yeah. I don't think I put an inn in there. No, but you did. Um, it's a great location. Mm -hmm. So the reason why people want to be there makes perfect sense. However, just because you can doesn't mean you should, That's right? True. That's like my parenting adage. Ch really? I use that all the time. Okay. And then as an adult, do you, do you apply the same parenting logic to you? No. No. Because you can. Right. Yeah. And so I will. Yeah. <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. So Los Angeles, Southern California is an, was an experiment. Mm -hmm. And I, I love when authors use that term to describe the California experiment as if it's still going on and it has not been proven to be successful or not yet. Like, I don't know why I like that. I like that. Maybe just because there's no finite end to it. Mm -hmm. And also maybe just as a reminder that this whole thing could crash and burn. And I think uh, it, it, at some point, life in California is going to have to change drastically. When I look at the housing market, when I look at where the water is and how much money and energy it re is required to get water to where we need it, at some point, the big shadowy investors are going to realize they're overextended and they're going to have to get out while the getting's good. And that's going to leave a lot of folks like us who don't understand the workings of, it's the tragedy of the commons. Right, water, air, soil, uh, sunshine—these are all things that we just got lucky with, latitudinally. I mean, ooh, part of it. Part of it is always that, mm -hmm. right? And and we've gone through this in, in many episodes of you just sometimes win the geographic lottery, mm -hmm. and things are available to you. So you're sort of saying that very similar to what we know here as like a housing bubble, mm -hmm. right? It there's a literal state bubble that this is going to burst yes and i think it's going to have a lot to do with a water bubble it, that and that to me actually would make more sense than anything else mm -hmm. more so than the cost of living more so than mm -hmm. who's in power mm -hmm. more so than any of those things which absolutely will impact there water is so black and white mm -hmm. should be clear it should be clear southern california what? not so much <laughs> You, it, it's one of those things where if you don't have it, you can't wish or will your way to anything. No. There, and, there are just some things you can't do anymore. And there's, a, when you look at the globe, right, we know 70, 75% of the globe is salt water. Can't live there. So about 25% of, of the earth is land. Uh, only about 15 to 20%, maybe 25% is inhabitable. Uh, the rainforests, the deserts, high altitude, elevation, Death Valley. They're just places people can't live and grow crops and that sort of thing. So not only is livable land uh, in short supply, but also potable, is it potable? Mm -hmm. Potable, potable, potable water. Because when you look at the math, 97% of all of the water on the planet is salt water. And out of that 3%, another 2% or so, is stuck in glaciers or deep, deep underwater aquifers that we don't have access to. At least for now. <laughs> You're such a, oh my gosh. Hashtag global warming. <laughs> Hashtag, Hashtag sustainability. Hashtag the science is real. <laughs> um, I'll bet you Elon Musk is already on it. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to Mars. Well, wouldn't that, it, I mean, all joking aside, wouldn't that be where you want to go? With. If, if, if you are someone with the resources, with the desire for humanity, with whether it's selfish or selfish or a mm -hmm. little bit of both, 
you have to focus your attention on water, mm-hmm. especially in California. Now, is is California valuable because it has water, or is oh, okay? Or is the value of California? Hmm. Number, I think. First of all, we know that California is the fifth wealthiest economy in the world. Yes. So America being number one, and then. I don't know. If it's not America, I don't care. That's true. Uh, but uh, so California by itself is fifth with 40 million people living here. And that is about 12 or 13% of, of America's population. We are a massive state. We have a massive footprint. We have a ton of people and incredibly diverse. I mean, pretty much you can travel all over the world, right? And see all this amazing landscape. And you can come back to California and you can see every landscape that you can see around the world minus tropical rainforests. And on top of that, you can see almost every culture. Every culture. Uh, We grow food that doesn't belong here to ship to other people who eat it because it's easier and cheaper to grow in California than it is to grow halfway around the world. Yeah, so um, let's do like just a really quick history lesson on California, right? Fourth grade, fifth grade, whenever you learn about California history, mm-hmm. you know, they start with the with the gold, right? Uh, Everyone's moving over, gold rush. You know, that's going to really bring people out west. It really is manifest destiny, right? We own everything. We're mm-hmm. going to start moving this way. The gold rush is really what starts to populate the state a little when bit. The, when did the missions show up? So the missions were before then, Okay, but they weren't ours. I'm talking more like an American perspective, right? The Spanish were there. Wait, I thought I thought Trump built the missions. Mm, that's a very common misconception. Okay. And the year is close. It's tough, but we're uh-huh. going to give it to the Spanish. Okay, Spanish. Yeah. So when we start talking about actually people moving, statehood, we're all here, we're moving towards it, which, by the way, that was a huge reason why California is the shape that it is, is because it had to have access to the gold. So we drew the line basically right down the middle of the mountain range. I didn't know that. Right. So if if you look at the the mountains in California, Mm -hmm. right, the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. So the Sierra Nevadas aren't all ours. We should should fight somebody for them. Nevada. You're going to fight Nevada for the mountains. We'll win that one easy. Now, if you're drawing a new state in... Wouldn't it make sense to use the mountains as a boundary? I agree. Because a lot of countries do. And the East Coast does a lot of that. Of course. Yeah. And that's all fine and good until you find out that there's gold up in them hills. <laughs> and then California is like, hold on, we need a piece of that. So we're going to push that border out because we need our cut. Okay. California's been gangster since day one, dude. So we're all about money making. Well, and, and there is that element of sort of um, renegade. You know, California, north or south, it doesn't matter. That sort of Wild West mentality has been driving the state. And I, I think that goes back to the, the, the term you used, experiment. I think the westward movement, it was always this idea of, of progress. And when they got to the coast, they realized you can't go any further uh, location. So we're going to push it further in commerce. We're going to push it further in ideology. Um, so in my, uh, de- get my degree at Fresno state, I had to take a capstone capstone class in, uh, California geography. And my professor who was just a gangster, um, told me something, uh, the gold rush brought people to Northern California cause that's where they found the gold. Right. Right. And 
people didn't make a ton of money chasing gold. They made money selling shovels to the miners. Yeah. The banks, the restaurants, the hotels. And you had to have these exchanges. And so it became not only profitable to service the, the, the miners, uh, but it became incredibly diverse. And the people in Southern California got their feelings hurt. And so they sort of came up with this idea that the fountain of youth can be found in the natural spring waters of Santa Barbara, San Diego, Los Angeles. And that's what drew the uh, kind of elite folks down from San Francisco to L.A. And I find it interesting that there's this rich uh, diversity in Northern California, but there's a sort of vanity um, uh, industry in L.A. And it just continues to this day. Yeah, and, and, and the, the, the Wild West, you know, forward-moving um, may not happen in, in land, but it's happening in personalities. Right, and I think that that idea of a little bit for you, a little bit for me, mm-hmm. is, is something that's always been sort of significant. There's always been like the NorCal versus SoCal kind of battle mm-hmm. of supremacy, right? And even when we're looking at how the states were drawn— as we look at the border for California, right? So I said before, we push back on the Sierra Nevadas because we want the gold. Uh-huh. However, the mountains are great. And if you look at the shape, where California, you know where it kind of does that little L shape? That we're At Reno? Yeah, yeah. right there at Reno, mm-hmm. near Reno. Or is that Lake Tahoe? It's Lake Tahoe, sir. Oh, there we are. Because that's what's significant. Now, the gold is fine, but look, and so here's what what they decided to do because if you look at the Sierra Nevadas, they basically gave us all the mountains. Okay. Nevada, especially up there towards the north, there's not really a whole lot going on. Aliens. Yeah, aliens and really outside of Reno. Um, but what they were very, very set on was making sure that they had access to Lake Tahoe. The Nevada. Because that doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Right? So now both sides have access to the water. Mm-hmm. And that has always been a huge sticking point for either water rights or borders is making sure that everybody can get access to them. So, so, we, so gold is fine, right? Uh-huh. But we'll give you the gold. You can have the Sierra Nevadas. Nevada mm-hmm. doesn't want it. But we need to make sure that we get access to Lake Tahoe. And that's what the Nevada, that's what Nevada wanted. Yeah. And okay. so if you ever go to Lake Tahoe, they will always say, what side are you on? The California side or the Nevada side. What, gang sign? Almost, well, it depends on which way you're going to go. Okay. there's a split, and you got to figure out which road you're going to take as to where you're going to go. Now, what's interesting, guess which side of the river you probably want to be on? Uh, California. You would think. No. What do you think you're paying in California that you're probably not paying in Nevada? Taxes. Massive amounts of taxes. Really? I mean, how doesn't do you, it make sense? Look at the real estate. It's such a young guy, and you're so wise. How do you know all this stuff? I just know a lot of loopholes. I'm all about, <laughs> I'm all about loopholes. I'm a poor man trying to make it in this world. Well, and here's what's crazy. I understand somebody chasing dollars, gold, right, something to sell, whatever. A very, it would have to take a very smart, insightful person to chase the water. You have to be, you have to be playing the long game. Yeah, there you go. And maybe we've lost... A sense of that, but when when people are moving into new areas, and they have to find fresh water, right? Well, where's the water coming from? Our water? Where's our water coming from? How is God, it? God made it. Mm, that's a good <laughs> answer. How is it that the valley is able to get water? Because aren't we technically a desert? 
Well, the valley is, yeah. Right. And, but is it less? Is it two inches? One inch? Two what, or three inches. I think it's two inches. Yeah. Definition of a desert. But so he, and here's the, here's the interesting part. Um, Cal, so the 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 valley is is a relatively dry place, but we're trapped between two mountain ranges. We're trapped between the large granite Sierra Nevadas, which a lot of people don't realize is old uh, lava magma from hundreds of millions of years ago that rose up out of the ocean, okay? Um, and then you've got on the west side of the state, you got the coastal mountain range. Now, the Sierra Nevadans are high enough to where above 5,000, 6,000 feet, you're collecting snowpack. And there are portions of the Sierra mountain range, Sierra Nevada mountain range, that exceed 10,000 feet. And so way up there in a good year you're looking at 50 60 feet deep of snow we just never see that right right especially here in the valley when we say we're going to the snow i'm looking for like a foot to two foot tops yes and i think man how does all of this turn into water for the entire valley and a lot of it's the snow and again it goes back to the the lottery because if you did split california in half southern california would go bankrupt which, by the way, would be Fresno. We, I, I would not want to be in Southern California if you split California in half. I would want to be in Northern California. Simply for the water. Simply for the water. Doesn't make any sense. Mm -mm. Um, so what is that? How do we do it? We funnel it down. We're we're, we're bringing it in. Well, and it used to be, you know, natural. So if you look at the Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying it today. Sierra Nevada mountain range. Um, out of those mountains come a, a bunch of tributaries. So it's a, it's a watershed. It's just where water is collected and eventually uh, gravity forces it down into the valley. And you've got a lot of different rivers, the Sacramento, the San Joaquin, um, the American, the Kings. The Kern? Kern. <laughs> Dude. It's not a, I, I know it's been named a river. It's not. When was the last time you saw water in the curve? It's, it's so, it's been so long. I told you my, that shirt that I really want to get is Oh, a, remind it's, me. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shirt and it says the Kern River, a, water used to run through it. <laughs> now, did I tell you I drove, I was driving through Bakersfield during the last El Nino and water was at the absolute rim of the Kern River. It's so awesome. Yeah, so rare. There was no, there was no bank to sit on. It was amazing. Yeah, I've only seen it a couple times. Um, so anyways, these, these rivers would flow down into the valley, and prior to, you know, the 1800s, they would collect in pools. You know, a lot of people don't realize that one of the largest natural inland lakes that has ever existed in California existed in, in Tulare. It used to be called the Tulare Lake. I've heard of that before. No yeah. longer a thing. Well, it's not a thing because we diverted so... We've taken the natural flow of water and we've diverted it to make sure that very wealthy investors, very wealthy and powerful farmers have access to reliable water because there are certain crops... You know, when you invest in tomatoes, you can, you can go a year without tomatoes, but when there are crops where you've invested like cotton. And that's another, J.G. Boswell. You ever heard the name? Yeah. Okay, uh, you know. Is it King, King Cotton? King Cotton, yeah. Yeah. King of California. Uh, and again, uh, Arax. No, it wasn't Arax. It was somebody else who wrote a great book about the King of Cotton. And Boswell is, you know, he's, he's like the Elon Musk of, of ag 100 years before. Interesting. He's, he's just gangster. And he doesn't do interviews. 
Again, back to that, it's one of the reasons California is dotted with these weird little towns. Like, why is there a town here? And a lot of times it had to do with where the water used to naturally flow, and that's where folks, usually Hispanic or African American uh, or of Chinese ancestry, because, you know, it was a pretty, it wasn't very diverse, right, 100 years ago, so certain people who, who, who fled the South or fled another country, they, they stuck in their own towns. So there are little, little towns dotted all over California that existed where water used to be. And slowly, as we captured and dammed those rivers and made reservoirs and we made water more predictable, um, those little towns dried up, just like the Tulare Lake. So I love that you say that, where water naturally used to go. Mm -hmm. As if that's the design. Yeah. Like, you should go to where the water is. Mm -hmm. We have completely flipped it and said, we're going to live here. Now let's figure out how to get water mm -hmm. here. Because where people live, land isn't cheap. Where people can't live, land is cheap. So you buy the cheap land, and then you change the course of the river to irrigate your fields, which should not naturally be irrigated based upon the topography of the state. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So Unless you're the millionaire right. farmer investor. Right. So we have that area. Give me a real quick brief description of what happened with the LA aqueduct. Oh my gosh. I, Super brief, because I know it's a, uh, it's a crazy complicated story. Pretty much. I mean, it's literally like a cartoon. There's literally a massive pipe. Yes. That brings water. So um, late 1900s, um, there was a name by the uh, man by the name of Mulholland. 1800s. 18? 1900s? Early. Maybe they may have started. Well, you said late, late 1900s. Oh my bad. Early 1900s. There you go. Yeah, it's it's really really early. Yeah. For me, I mean, I am on vacation. I hear you. Okay. Um, so Mulholland, I believe, worked for the Department of Water for the city of Los Angeles, and I believe L.A. was. 200,000, 300,000. Which is probably the size that it should be. Is exactly it. Um, and, you know, L.A. was filled with ag. I mean, Disneyland used to be orange and strawberry fields. Yeah. And so now it's Anaheim. Anyways, Mulholland just started looking around to places that had water, not a lot of people. And he just really just went out and acquired it. Um, and one day realized that on the east side of the Sierra Nevadas is Owens Valley. And just as much water that would come off the Sierra Nevadas into our valley, well, all of that water was going on the eastern side, filling up the Owens Valley. And most of us have never seen it. So you talked about Lake Tahoe. One of the reasons Lake Tahoe fills up with water is because it's on the eastern side of the Sierra Nevadas. Well, if you go a little lower... Um, you know, you ever heard of places like Lee Vining? No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe haven't, we should have visited. Field trip. Sure. <laughs> um, so anyways, Owens Valley, and from what I've been told, it's kind of high desert, beautiful place, but it had a massive lake, Owens Lake. And Mulholland pretty much said, no one's using it. I'm going to go take it. And that's exactly what he did. It's the most gangster thing you can he do. He built a 230 mile straw and is able to pump the water, and then use gravity most of the way to drop gigatons of water into Los Angeles. It's insane mm -hmm. to think about, one, the engineering, two, the 
just the idea that you could do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're a water thief. And if we have any listeners in Owens Valley, they've got a lot to say. As they should. They do not like LA. They hate Mulholland. Now, the, the one thing that I will say about Owens Valley is that this whole LA aqueduct thing, you know, they agreed upon it a hundred years ago. And as different problems arise, the folks that live in the Owens Valley have figured out ways to really stick it to LA and especially the LA Water Department. So, you know, if a, if a new pool or lake appears or if they find some sort of endangered species, uh, the, the, the residents of, of Owens Valley, they really go after LA. They're trying to get paid. Yeah, and they make them dot every T and cross every I. And I mean, they have, they, they can't lose. Mm-mm. I mean, you're, you need to have that water. La- right. Los Angeles is at a spot now where you, it's really going to be very difficult for you to move backwards. You ever heard the term, uh, too big to fail? No. Okay, so I think they used it in the, in the big old bubble, Enron. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion is, is when something becomes too big to fail, it's probably time to fail. It's a problem. And I'm terrified of the pull Los Angeles has on our natural resources and I want to ask this, the, the community of L.A., what are you giving back to California? Exactly. What's your contribution? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you said that you were funding the state through ag, and right. that, I don't know. To me, that seems like a little bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're just going to you know, be down there, and again, you're going to be sucking it in and not putting anything mm-hmm. out, maybe you shouldn't be living. Maybe we should be able to pick you up and move you to somewhere else in California where that's not as big of a strain on resources. Mm-hmm. Because most people aren't. I mean, right. it, and you can't even, it's tough to really th- consider, you know, entertainment capital of the world. It, do we, do we really care about that anymore? Right. What, especially when we're talking about a bubble as big as California mm-hmm. that can burst, are we really going to hang our hat on? Hey, but you know, Hollywood's making some really good films. What was the last great movie you saw? Dude, that's tough. Great. It, great. Uh, Not top five, top one. Great movie. I, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When was that? Last year? Two years ago? Yeah. Pre-COVID? Pre, it's pre-COVID. That was fun. But it wasn't... I mean, it wasn't great, but Tarantino but it was, great. was But he was kind of poking fun at, at yeah. L.A. I mean, it was fun. I, have, I can't remember the last great movie I saw. Uh, I, I would be okay if, if L.A. just went poof. What a crazy alternate reality that would be. Right. To watch what happens mm-hmm. after that. But, I mean, they're not contributing. So if, if we think about California coming from the beginning... Mm-hmm. What were we farming? California? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, well, a lot of, when you look at the valley. Uh, I mean, prior, it was a lot of cotton, right? Well, it was, it was after Whitey showed up. What were we doing before? Wheat? Um, we, not a whole lot. Um, when we got here, people started growing, you know, staple wheat crops. Uh, I guess I didn't realize how prominent rice was at one point. Interesting. Um, oranges. You've got some, some fruit uh, in the Central Coast. I know that they can grow cabbage and lettuce and garlic. Ooh, Gilroy? Yep. Garlic, garlic festival? Capital. Selma R- with the raisins? Selma. Isn't that funny, though? We don't say... They're technically grape farmers. Yeah, but they like to be the raisin capital of the world. Right. But how do you get a raisin? You grow Squish a, a grape. You, <laughs> you grow a grape and then you, you let it dry out. It's um, their thing, man. Let them have it. They need this. I also remember the first time somebody told me that a pickle is nothing more than a... Uh, somewhat spoiled cucumber. cucumber. 
it really changed things for me. I, I would never put a cucumber on a, on a hamburger. But a pickle. Oh, dill? Are you a dill guy or a sweet guy? I'm all in on pickles. Oh, really? Sweet yeah. and dill? Yeah. Okay. I like to not know either. Gambler. Little, little okay. lottery. Little pickle lottery. <laughs> yeah. So back, back to the crops. We can grow almost anything here. I'm... What, what I'm tr- really looking at here is if if we had if we did hit a reset, uh-huh. what makes the most sense for us to grow? Meaning, if if you look at the soil, you look at the amount of water that we do have. Where mm-hmm. should our attention be? Where can we really hold the value when it comes that's to a, farming? That's a great question, um, and I guess it would it would sort of depend upon what you're trying to do. If we're just trying to um, What's the right word? I think function. Sust- yeah. Hashtag sustainability. If we're trying to sustain ourselves. Yeah. I mean, do we go back to wheat? Because we're not growing it. No. But then again, wheat is a energy intensive crop. Right. Um, so unless you're using solar tractors. Right. Um, I mean, we do pretty good up Monterey area. You know, those areas that are a little bit dewy in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. And really using that as... You know, the fruit stands significantly increase, fruit and vegetable stands, as you're driving out of the valley mm-hmm. up towards areas like San Jose and Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. You're getting all of your cabbage yeah. and, and your lettuce and all the things that really can't handle massive amounts of sunlight. But here's the thing. There's never been a cabbage craze the way there was an avocado craze. And that's where we get avocados as well. Right. And they, they don't belong here. Did you know that avocados have been called alligator pears? Am I the one that told you that? No. 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 I wish I did. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I like that. It's visually I, interesting. Yeah, I've always thought that they were weird to begin with. I like them. But, you know, quinoa or all of these other uh, crops that might, uh, uh, that, that grow someplace else. Uh, someone else has decided, let's bring that crop to California and let's pump cheap water and grow these crops and then sell them not only to the, to the citizens of California, but all over the country and all over the world. Well, I think what's what 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 always gets me is we have this we have our uh, you know a, a blown out chest and and we look you know this whole thing like California can grow anything like we're the mm-hmm. best at farming mm-hmm. you know we figured everything out well we've manipulated everything right so that we can be the best at farming like if you're putting up us up against a developing country like yeah man it's not even close but take away all the changes that we made. Mm-hmm. Honestly, how good should we be in California at farming? So I think, or, or, or is it even worth doing at all? Well, I think there's a line that we've probably crossed where just because we can, we probably shouldn't have. And so when you look at genetically modified food, when you look at the overuse of synthetic fertilizer, the overuse of pesticides, which by the way, those fertilizers and those pesticides, they do get washed out into natural waterways. And that's going to get into a river, a lake, maybe even seep into the groundwater, and people are consuming these things. So when you consider that we've been dumping Roundup on most of our crops for the last 30, 40 years, you're drinking some byproduct of Roundup. Because, I mean, come on, guys, it's, it's a circle of life. It's not like we make new water. Right. We're drinking this, as Mark informed us, uh, H2O is made of hydrogen and oxygen, covalently bonded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you made up a word when it, co- 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 covalence? When, it, when covalence occurs. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but yeah, we have a limited supply. And, right. And water is really good at dissolving stuff. Salt, minerals, 
pesticides, insecticides, soap, detergent. And so however farmers use that water and whatever they put on their soil or their crops, a portion of that's getting washed out into the water we use and drink. It's just inevitable, right? right? We, you, 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 you manage that along with environmental issues that we're seeing, these wildfires, mm -hmm. the, the inability to house all of this water when we do have a good year. Mm -hmm. I was reading that there's like over 1,400 dams in California, yeah. and we're still experiencing, um, you see that, that major issue in San Jose? No, was, it San, so. was it San Jose? Shoot, where was it now? Where the, they literally had to evacuate people because there was too much water coming and they were not going to be able to hold it? No. That oh sounds... my gosh. Where was this at? It was a couple years ago. But it's it's obviously up north. It is up north. They had to evacuate people because they said the water's coming. Because a couple years ago, Porterville, a little town uh, in, in, I think, uh, Kings County or, or, or Kern maybe, uh, Porterville ran out of water. There was no water in the city of Porterville. And now you're telling me a couple years later in Northern California, you've got a reservoir uh, being held back by a dam and they had enough, what, snow melt? Oroville, the Oroville Dam. Oroville. Oh, I did. I did. You know, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Man, crazy. By the way, that's like five years ago. I guess. What did I say it was? A couple years a couple ago? A couple years ago. Time flies. I still think it's, it's almost... Um, the year 2000. It feels like that's the truth. That's yeah. the truth. So, I mean, we do have a lot of problems, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that next week we're going to really get into some of those problems and maybe look at some creative solutions to mm -hmm. what's happening. And we should probably be interested mm -hmm. if you, we want to continue living here. It's funny because you said more problems. It made me think of uh, Biggie Smalls. More money, more problems. More, and so more, more water, more problems. And that's definitely true. So, uh, we, well, we've talked a lot about water and we got more to talk about next week. So why don't you... Uh, alpha male, Mr. Tackett, bring us out with words, wisdom. I've never, I've never introduced this. To I totally it. jacked it up. It. Wisdom of the week, week, week. Wisdom of the week. Yep. Wisdom of the week. Uh, this week comes from Will Rogers, who said the farmer has to be an optimist, or he wouldn't still be a farmer. Right. So good. Yeah. I've always found uh, the idea of being a farmer very romantic and sort of a classic vibe i would never do it you have to be an optimist it, I, but it's so much out of your control but right. it also is a reason why farmers are so passionate i think mm -hmm. they get a bad rap sometimes especially politically when everyone everyone just keeps saying like all they keep arguing for is more water and they want mm -hmm. this and how can we always listen to the farmers like that's a really tough sell mm -hmm. to be a farmer so yes you must be an optimist and I, I, we need more of that more optimism we do more water well, Josh, good times. Yes, sir. We'll continue next week with part two of water. Part two. See that? I like it. Okay. Later. Bye.